This is Mary Detours Paust, and you're listening to Lifelines, where we are learning to be spiritual beings living in a material world. So, how are you doing today? I hope you're able to find some joy in your day today and maybe something to be grateful for, no matter what's going on around you. Maybe even take a couple of seconds right now to just pause. And think of something in your life right now that's worth being grateful for. And hold on to that thing. Maybe even write it down. Uh, Hold on to it when life gets you down and when things around you just don't seem all that great. So today I'm holding on to the beautiful sunshine outside my window. And I'm just going to ignore the fact that it's way too windy and way too cold for this time of year. So I'm, I'm hanging on to the sunshine right now. So I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, and I just keep coming back to the subject of doubt, doubt as it exists within a life of faith. And I think many of us convince ourselves that if we are people of faith, there can be no room for doubt because that makes us less faithful. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. And I'll be able to quote some people for you to prove it or to back me up at least. Even in scripture, we see doubt play out in the lives of Jesus's closest followers. Um, Peter being chief among them, right? So we get to see Peter not only doubt, but deny he even knew Jesus. In his hour of suffering, Peter denies him, and then in his anguish and fear, runs away and hides. And yet look at how we come back to Peter as our leader, our first leader. And obviously Jesus held Peter in high esteem, which reminds us that doubt is part of this journey. It's a natural part of a faith journey. And in fact, it's almost necessary. Without it, it can make our life of faith just one of blind following without a deeper understanding about what what it is we really profess. Back in 2016, Pope Francis was quoted as saying, we do not need to be afraid of questions and doubts because they are the beginning of a path of knowledge and going deeper. One who does not ask questions cannot progress either in knowledge or in faith. So the Pope reminds us on this journey of faith that it is in the questions and in the doubts that we find the path toward a deeper understanding of our beliefs and a closer relationship with God. A few years prior to that interview, the Pope had said in another interview an even more dramatic comment on this. He said, in this quest to seek and find God in all things, there is still an area of uncertainty. There must be. If a person says that he met God with total certainty and is not touched by a margin of uncertainty, then this is not good. For me, this is an important key. If one has the answers to all the questions, that is the proof that God is not with them. That's a pretty bold and powerful statement, isn't it? It makes me pause 
And it makes me feel happy and a little more comfortable in my faith journey, which is often riddled with valleys of darkness and doubt. And I've learned over the course of my 60 years that the doubt and darkness are par for the course, right? We don't just journey along this life, whether a faith life or regular old life, uh, without the valleys. We have hills and valleys all along, and why would our faith life be any different? And the Pope reminds us that it's in that doubt and in that questioning and in that willingness to face the things that we're not so certain about that we find the faith we're searching for and we find what it is we need to move us forward. And that when we don't question, it's sort of like we're just blindly following without even really thinking about what we're doing. Years ago, Dennis and I were team teaching a two-year program for confirmation students. And we had a student in our class who really struggled to be there. The student did not want to be present in this class. And toward the end of the year, as we prepared for confirmation, we got a note saying that this student would not be confirmed, that she decided she did not want to be confirmed. And I remember writing to the parents and saying that I was sure they were disappointed but that I could tell them that her decision to not be confirmed told me that she was taking this process and this sacrament and this faith far more serious than many of her classmates who were just being confirmed because it was what they were supposed to do. She, on the other hand, was taking a deep dive into this topic and into this sacrament and asking herself honestly if she was ready for this and if she believed it. And so she was not confirmed, but I do know that a couple years later, she, she did that on her own terms. She was confirmed on her own terms. And I always look at that as an example of true faith. That person had true faith in the sense that they were willing to question it, and they were not willing to take it so lightly. They were not willing to just go with the flow and say, this is what I'm supposed to do, even if I don't really get it, even if I don't think I believe it. Instead, they said, no, I got to pull back and I got to figure this out before I move forward. And that, to me, is going to be the much deeper and longer lasting faith life. So what do we do if we're in one of those dark places right now, one of those places of doubt? And to be honest, why wouldn't we be, right? I mean, we live in a time where our world makes us wonder, but even more so our church. We face bad news on an almost daily basis, waves of sorrow related to our various churches in terms of the abuse crisis and other problems that our church faces because of human failings. And it can cause a lot of us to have doubts. Or maybe we're going through a personal challenge, uh, an illness, a loss, something that makes us say, where is God in all of this? And it makes us question everything. And I can tell you, I've been there. I remember when my mom died years and years ago, feeling that way, feeling like, where is God in all of this? And it's not easy. And I certainly know that I have friends and family and people who are undergoing tremendous challenges. And it would be perfectly normal for any one of them to say, I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of this because why am I here? 
So what do we do in that situation? What do we do with that doubt and maybe even anger and frustration and fear and uncertainty? We take it to God. We take it to God, even if we're not sure a God is there listening to us. And that's really faith, isn't it? We take it to God and we tell God about our doubts and we talk to God. Maybe we even yell at God. And we give God a piece of our mind. I always say I talk to God like I talk to my husband or a best friend or my kids. God and I just have an ongoing conversation, and not all of it's pretty, let me tell you, because I often will go to God with my questions and just dive into the fears and the uncertainties and ask God, show me the way out or show me the way, period. And you don't always get answers. You don't always know. Maybe it's years later in hindsight that you see those answers that you didn't recognize at the time. So we come back to um, a couple of key players in our church history, in our, in our church story, our faith story, I should say. So at the time I'm recording this, it is the start of Holy Week, which is a great time to talk about doubt and denial and darkness, right? As we talked about Peter already. So... We can look at what was happening during this time in our, in our faith story. Um, people were scattering. They were afraid. They were afraid of what was going to happen. Would they be crucified along with Jesus because they were believers, because they were followers? So we have Peter denying that he even knows Jesus. We have Judas, whose story we can't fully comprehend, but I got to believe there was something there that just... He made a big mistake, right? And he betrays Jesus, and then he makes the even bigger mistake of doubting Jesus's mercy and taking his own life. And then we have Mary Magdalene, the um, character of courage in the face of absolute terror, right? She's there. She's at the foot of the cross. She is there at the tomb. She is there to be the first one to preach the good news when everyone thinks she is crazy for saying that Jesus has risen from the dead. Mary Magdalene is my personal favorite and my hero because she was the first to preach the good news, and she was a woman who was not to be messed with because she was strong and she was faithful, and she was... uh, often overlooked during history. And so we can look at these people who were Jesus's followers and see where their own stories unfold in ways like ours do. Some days we may feel like Mary Magdalene, sure of ourselves, committed, unwavering in faith, even in the face of tremendous challenges. And other days we may be all about Peter, denying doubting, hiding, and just a big mess. And that's okay because both sides of these things are part of our faith journey. It doesn't make us less than. And in fact, at points in our life, we are going to be both of those different people and all of the other ones in between, right? We're going to know those different faces of faith in our life. And that's okay. I have a rooster on my mantle in my family room which is a reminder of Peter, of his doubt and his denial and his fear, and the fact that none of that stood in the way of his role as a follower and as a leader after Jesus's death. And we are the same. And I feel like part of my ministry, for lack of a better word, 
um, is to remind people of this. When I left my job and I went back to my writing and my retreat work, I wasn't quite sure what the heart of my work would be. And now I become more convinced every day that the heart of what I do and what I have to do going forward is to remind people around me that they are worthy, that they are always worthy. They are worthy when they doubt and deny and hide and are fearful and wonder if any of this is even real. You are still worthy. We are all still worthy. And we just keep coming back. We just keep putting ourselves back in God's presence, even when we're unsure and we wait. You know, everybody looks at Mother Teresa and they think, saint, right? She's a saint. And yet, after she died, we were able to find out that for most of her life, she was in darkness. She wrote that when she tried to raise her thoughts to heaven, there was such a convicting emptiness that the knife, the thoughts felt like sharp knives hurting her soul. And she wrote, I am told God lives in me, and yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great that nothing touches my soul. So we could look at that and say, well, if Mother Teresa felt that way, we might as well just give up. But the reality is Mother Teresa felt that way, and yet she continued to show up and wait for God, wait for God to move through her, and God did. We can see the great things that she did with her life because of her faith, even when she felt like she was abandoned or in darkness. So my goal and my work at this point in my life is to tell as many people as I can that you are worthy, you are beloved, even when you don't feel it, even when you don't act it, even when you don't believe it, it is still your calling as a child of God. You are beloved, made in the image and likeness of God. And no matter what you do, you never lose that. And God knows that we will fear and we will fall and we will fail and we will, like Peter, doubt and maybe deny and maybe run away in despair. But if we keep showing up, we keep putting ourselves in the presence of God, we are never truly lost. And that, I think, is the thing that we often forget. We feel alone and so we turn away from God. We feel in darkness or we feel doubt, and so we stop praying. We feel abandoned, and so we feel anger toward God. And the key is that we just keep coming back. We just keep coming back and putting ourselves before God and finding God amid our lives in those moments of gratitude, like we did at the very beginning of this podcast, and seeing God moving in the little pieces of everyday life, even when we can't find the words to pray, we just show up and be present and wait. And the Spirit will move through us. It just will. It will move through us when we least expect it. It will move through us when we don't even recognize it. And at some point in our life, we'll say, huh, I didn't even realize what was happening, but that was the Spirit. That was God moving in my life at that moment. 
So I don't know if any of this was helpful to anyone today, but I just felt like it was important to bring up this topic of doubt because I think we can be really hard on ourselves when it comes to faith and feeling those questions rise up in us and feeling those doubts starting to surface. And it's important to know that we're not alone. And not only are we not alone, but that what we're feeling is not only normal, but it is good because it means that we are going deeper in that faith. We're not just blindly walking along. We are questioning and then moving forward. And that's really what we're called to do. So in these difficult times in our world and in our church, when it is easy to feel like maybe God has forgotten about us here, just know that it is okay to question and it is okay to doubt, but don't lose hope. Just keep coming back. Keep coming back to God. Throw anything you want at God, any way you want. Talk, cry, yell, scream, laugh, do whatever it is that you need to do and express to God, and then wait for God to move through you. And little by little, we move along this path that is our spiritual journey and our life, and we realize that bit by bit, we are building up this incredible faith life that will carry us through just about anything. So as we wrap up, I hope that you can go find something today that brings you joy, that makes you grateful. And if you do have those nagging questions in your life right now, just take them to God. Just lay them there in front of God in whatever fashion feels right, and then let, let it go and know that you're okay. This is Mary Deturis Paust, and you've been listening to Lifelines. Find me over on my blog, notstrictlyspiritual.com. Reach out, send me an email. I'm always happy to hear from you. Peace, love, blessings. Blessings.